Throughout Britain, men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the Industrial Age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Today, we're bringing you Peppermint Fuels, Powerful Nonsense. Oh yeah, we got ourselves a new biohack. Oh yes. Biohack courtesy of the Art of Charm? Yeah, it was the Art I of Charm. I thought it was the Art of Charm. So, a welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. With me and Jem. Me being Wayne. And me being Jem. Should we, should we tell people what that biohack is? Let's Otherwise, talk it might be a bit confusing. Let's talk biohack. Go, go, go. Okay, so basically what you can do, you can go onto Amazon, you can search peppermint oil. It costs about £2, £2.50, free delivery. And what you do, once it arrives, put a drop on your hands, rub your hands together, and breathe it in deeply. And it actually is meant to focus you. And that's why I gave a lot to Wayne. I think I gave him six drops because it's hard to get Wayne to focus. I resent that comment, actually. <laughs> Although I prefer the uh, lemon hand wipes from KFC. <laughs> what, for focus? Or yeah. for <laughs> cleaning crumbs off your... <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, today we have got an interview episode for you. Yep. With the one and only Ash Phillips. Ash, what a dude. Tell us about Ash. Ash yeah. is a dude. He's a nice guy. He's uh, he, he runs Yenna, a, a networking company. A networking... Is it sort of, it's not a charity? Actually, yeah. it is. Yeah, it is. Is it a charity? It is. He doesn't make... Yeah, he's not for profit. Cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he'll tell you about that anyway. But yeah, he sort of gave some advice on how people can network because I think all of us should be networking, but mm-hmm. not many of us are actually very good at it. So we kind of talked about how to stand out, yep. how to spot time wasters. Yeah. Anything else, Wayne? Um, how it, it's very important to go in fancy dress if you're going to a networking event. <laughs> Especially big hats, he um, said. And that was make his... sure you enter the building with a very loud, very heavy theme tune. <laughs> Basically. Obviously, mm-hmm. Wayne picked up a lot of good pointers. So... With pyrotechnics, preferably, but not essential. And also how to get the attention of maybe the speaker at the event. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway. And by speaker, we mean the person talking, not the PA system. <laughs> Go to your full of banner this morning. <laughs> it's that peppermint, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lemon wipe for me. <laughs> anyway, let's get cracking. Uh, we give you Ash Yenna Phillips. <laughs> that was a long pause in between. I, know. Here you go, I was Ash. trying to think of something witty. Peppermint didn't work. Ash Phillips. So, Ash, welcome to the Powerful Nonsense podcast. Could you let us know a bit about yourself and what it is you do with Yenna? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am Ash, Ash Phillips. Um, I'm 25 now, getting old, and I uh, I run uh, Yenna, which is a uh, social enterprise um, that helps young people connect with other young people. Um, we we organise events all around the country, um, primarily in Bristol at the moment, launching four new locations uh, this year. This 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 quarter is probably uh, ambitious, but what I'd like to say. Um, the the events bring people together uh, to listen to speakers, um, to meet each other, hoping to uh, build collaboration um, and inspire people to start a new business or, or move on further into their career. And um, why did you decide to set it up in the first place? Well, 
it, it was kind of it's kind of a funny story. Um, I been I've been running my businesses for about four, five, possibly even six years now. And as a part of that, uh, you have to go networking to to expand um, the amount of people you know and, and increase your opportunities. And uh, one networking event I went to. Uh, local to me uh, was at uh, a golf club and it was an import-export meeting so there were a lot of rather intimidating people there um, expensive suits, expensive watches um, <laughs> and then me um, and uh, and yeah and I, I always turn up to the events as myself um, I do like to, to wear a suit every now and again um, but, um, but it was rather funny when one of the gentlemen in the room asked me to get him a drink thinking that I, I was working there mm. uh, and wasn't networking <laughs> and, and whilst that was actually for me a great conversation starter I, I realised then that there's actually clearly a vast gap between the ages that people start networking um, quite a lot of the time and also uh, the fact that that would have probably put a lot of people off I, I used it to open up a conversation but it might have scared a lot of people mm -hmm. so natural entrepreneurial spirit I just thought okay there's there's a gap here that needs to be filled and no one else is going to do it mm -hmm. so uh, I think I should and, and started Yenna. Great um, so obviously we want to talk to you um, a lot about ne networking because that seems yeah. to be your area of expertise <laughs> um, and you mentioned a lot about conversation starters and I know this is probably something that most people struggle with I know I certainly do when even sure. even when meeting new people in general not not necessarily um, for networking events so um, have you got any advice in terms of uh, conversation starters icebreakers anything like that Definitely. Um, Is it, have you got some tips on how to look more like a waiter so people come over to you? <laughs> um, I'm going to say that I moved away from that as, uh, as quickly as I could um, <laughs> to, yeah, to stop looking like a waiter. But, um, but as far as talking to, to people, actually, some people are surprised that I find it very difficult too. Um, it's, it's strange uh, that if I go out on a weekend or I go to a bar um, and with my friends, with the boys, and we try and talk to some new people. Let's say I was trying to talk to a, a, a woman. Um, it's <laughs> a impossible. A lady. <laughs> a lady. Um, it's it's almost impossible for me to say hello because I'm quite anxious about that. It, it's tough for me to just walk up to a random person and start a conversation. Um, however, there's something about me that is able to then talk to people once once I have an excuse or somebody's made an introduction. I can then have a full conversation mm -hmm. with them, and it's nice and easy. But I think what what is good is 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 to probably identify that, identify your weaknesses, so that you can then work on them. Um, and once I realise that it's difficult for me to to say hello to people to start a conversation, um, I always tend to try and find an excuse to have a chat with them. So, you know. If, if somebody's drinking the same drink as you, um, potentially even asking them to grab you a drink from the other side of the table, boom, you're already in, there's your conversation starter, hey, what's your name, carry on talking. Um, you know, you've got your business card, pay a compliment to what they're wearing, tell them you've got that, that coat or, or, or something like that, something you might have in common opens up, opens up the, uh, the conversation, then you can lead into the questions that you actually really want to ask. Um, I think honesty is probably a big thing uh, with opening a conversation as well as anything else you never get a first chance uh, never get a second chance sorry to make a, a first impression um, so if the first thing that you say to somebody is isn't completely honest um, or tra and transparent then people will probably see right through you so um, yeah just be yourself I think is, is the best tip 
Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, I know when I've been at networking events, you literally get these people who, I mean, I've done the same, like before I go, I literally put like a whole stack of business cards in my pocket. And then I think that's how you kind of think of it. It's like get your business cards out and try to give as many as possible and get as many as possible. What would you say to people with that sort of mentality? Um, wrong <laughs> is, <laughs> is the short answer to that. Um, that is and has been a really traditional way of doing networking and obviously Yenna is trying to break that tradition. Um, networking is about listening, it's not about talking, um, which is quite ironic seeing as I'm talking to you guys today, but, um, but <laughs> it's, if you walk into a room and your goal is to give as many business cards out to as many people and in the hope that one of them will give you a call back. Um, you're simply playing a numbers game and somebody that you give 10, 20, 30 seconds, maybe two minutes tops to some uh, time to somebody, if you give them a short amount of time like that with very little input, then they've not really got much emphasis to give you a ring back. Why, why would they call you later on? Why would they send you an email out of interest? Um, lowering that number but making sure that the reason you do that is because you're building value is uh, the most important thing. I'd more happily walk into a room and talk with 10 people for 20 minutes each um, in depth about what they do, learning about how, uh, how they do what they do, the people they know, the people they could potentially put me in touch with is much more valuable than spending 10 seconds with every person in the room um, hoping that they might remember who I am. Is there sort of a way, like obviously you say there that you want you go, would you much rather go and speak to say ten people? I know mm. nowadays with like online and stuff like that, is there a way to kind of know which ten people you actually want to speak to rather than say going around wasting your time? You might ten people that literally can't help you, or is it, is, or do you kind of figure that out in the first five minutes of a conversation? It's yeah, I think it's a combination of, of a few things. Um, there is a strategy that I I don't really use to be honest. Um, that people will do a little bit of research beforehand at events and see, you know, try and find the faces of the people that they should be speaking to, so that when they do attend, they can talk to those people and hopefully get the results they want. Maybe that is a better way of doing things than I do it, um, but I haven't actually tested it, so I couldn't tell you. Um, what I do is is yeah, I try and gauge it in the first few minutes of the conversation. And what I'll usually try and do is look for people that look like, sound like, or seem to be completely different to me. Um, if there's somebody who works in uh, you know, the creative industry or they run a social enterprise, they're a very similar age to me, they're from a very similar place than I am, then it's likely we've got a similar sort of network of people and we're not going to be able to gain too much from, from each other. But if there's a guy that's, I don't know, 30, 40 years older than me across the room um, with a different accent to mine, probably from a different place, looks like he might be working in a completely different industry, then a lot of people might avoid that conversation because they think, well, we're not going to have anything to talk about. But I argue differently. I think that because you're completely different, you're going to have a lot to talk about and you have a lot to gain from each other. I hate to get that. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. That's all right. That's all right. Go um, for it, yeah. So what, when, when it comes to networking events, obviously we talked about the, the business card numbers game. Um, what are kind of the key things that you see people do wrong at network events? Um, it's, it really is kind of a case of people that are going into the room and, and really forcing them their, their talk on to people. They're, they're coming in with a sales pitch, running that sales pitch through every single person and again not making any real valuable engaging 
conversations and connections. Um, people tend to go in with a lot of airs and graces. Uh, mm -hmm. They'll go in with, you know, a little bit of fakery almost. And that's not honest, it's not transparent. You need to go in, you need to be yourself. Um, and, and, and just kind of show people uh, who you are, what you do in your industry. Um, and make a personal connection. People do business with people they like. They don't do yeah. business with, with people just because they've said a certain thing. That's that's a fundamental thing of, of networking. Mm -hmm. What are some of the sort of common views you see with um, the young people as well? Are, are they when you look at people? Is there sort of the usual people you see? Or what are their sort of fears of actually approaching people or or of actually coming to a networking event? It's it is the inaccessibility and it's the intimidating aspect. Um, I mean, Yena invites people from fifteen to thirty along to our events, and when I first started it, I thought we would probably get you know anywhere between twenty and, and thirty um, year old age gap. But we do have regularly have fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds coming along to our events, and the reason that that happens is because they've been worried or feel like they wouldn't be accepted at other events. Um, there are other events, long-standing events, some like BNI for example, that have certain reputations as catering to a certain market, slightly older generation perhaps, and um, as a brand that puts it out of sight and out of mind for, for people in our age group. And they're also just, it's just slightly intimidating knowing that these people seem to have been doing it for a long time. They seem to have a lot of knowledge and they're not as open to innovation. Whereas something like Yana, where you're surrounded by young people, everybody's in a position where they're currently making mistakes or they haven't made those mistakes yet. So everybody can learn from everybody. And it's, it's interesting to see how everybody wants to give before they're going to receive. One thing um, um, I think a lot of people probably probably the people that are actually listening to this is like how oh <laughs> sorry <laughs> sound is not working so yeah we've, we've, got, we've, got dog, we've got dogs barking phones ringing I've got a, someone just pulled out a drill outside my front door oh wow it's busy <laughs> sorry I, I can't turn the phone off if I did my clients would kill me no, we can't like, turn the dog off either so yeah to be honest I might I might in a minute <laughs> I won't I won't even ask the question <laughs> So one thing that I know a lot of young people struggle with, I know people say all the time, like, you've got a network, it's about your network, is your net worth and all this stuff, but, like, yeah. where do you actually start? Like, is it is it easy to find these places to go to? How do you know what's a good one and what's not? Mm, um, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, starting, when you start a business or, or when you want to move into a, a stronger position in your career, the best place to start is your friends. Your friends know you the best, um, and they've got connections that you, you may know of acquaintances probably people that know you you know them but you've never really spoken and that's when you start having those conversations and expanding to a wider a wider reach if you want to get into for want of a better term proper networking you want to start going to events then event bright is a classic one um, which will advertise all different types of networking events all around the country or around the world even um, that you can go to They'll be named, they'll be tagged accordingly, um, and quite often they'll show you the, the guest list so you can check out the people that go there. Uh, there's an example in, in uh, Bristol where, where I live and work. Uh, we've got an event that caters quite specifically to uh, law and, and accounting. Um, now, that's not necessarily a place that I would go. There are a lot of people there that might be in certain industries that I might want to talk to, um, but 
it's a lot of the same people. So I would look at that online and say, hey, you know what, maybe that's not right for me. Whereas there's another event which might have a huge spectrum of people going, a huge different type of age range, and I would usually highlight that one and say, that's for me, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna go along and attend to that one. Would you say it's good to kind of, I know initially a lot of people, I did myself, I used to go to a lot of like the um, Google free talks up in London. Do you mm. think it's good to go with a partner or do you think kind of going by yourself sort of helps you to sort of go and mingle? It depends. It depends on your personal uh, position, really. Um, early, early, early doors. Sometimes it's good to go with another person because it gives you that confidence, and you can. If you do feel that you're a little bit uncomfortable, you've still got somebody to stand and talk to. However, I'm a big advocate of stepping outside of your comfort zone. So if you do go with somebody else what you might end up doing is sitting in the corner and just talking amongst yourselves if you're both very nervous for the whole day, in which case you haven't actually gained anything. You'll leave there maybe having a great conversation with your friend, but you haven't actually met any new people, you haven't actually learned anything new, and you haven't gained any contacts that are going to open up any opportunities for you. So throwing yourself outside of your your comfort zone is is the best advice in that situation. you know, walking into a room of brand new people, it's not going to kill you, it's not going to hurt you, it's just going to make you feel slightly uncomfortable for a bit. That's the worst that's going to happen. As soon as you say hello, you're in that room and, and you've made new friends. And um, when you kind of arrive at a you know, networking event or anything like that, mm. um, is there any sort of etiquette that you might use or, or might need to be aware of when you're networking or is it kind of a free-for-all <laughs> <laughs> again it depends on the networking event really mm-hmm. some of them would be very very structured so there is kind of an etiquette to follow um, when you walk in the room there's a certain thing that you should do maybe there's drinks so the first thing that quickly I do, down a couple of those yeah <laughs> gonna touch courage calm the nerves um, down <laughs> usually it's the orange juices though unfortunately it depends on what sort of networking events you go get to your immune system fired up <laughs> exactly vitamin C all over the shop um, yeah yeah I think if there if there's a drink there whether you're going to drink it or not I would go and grab one because there's an opportunity to speak to somebody else who's possibly getting one at the same time quick hello and, and there you are um the age-old suggestion of the handshake is always uh, quite an important one. Um, I think too much emphasis is put on it, but again, it's still quite important. Making eye contact, shaking the hand, you're quite firm, then people know that you're quite serious. Um, again, that comes down to culture. If I had a networking event in uh Japan, then I believe it's actually a different way around. So if I was at that import export networking event again, um, I've since learned that there are culture differences in handshakes, for example, and so I'll need to, to act accordingly. Um, really depends on where you are. If, if I was invited to an event that's going to be majority women, then maybe I'll act differently, dress differently, be a different type of person than if I went to something that was going to be 100% men, perhaps. Um, again, it's about doing your research and, and figuring out how to act accordingly. Mm-hmm. It really annoys me sometimes when I go to these events and you get like this this dude who's so full of confidence, he almost rips your arm off or he kind of like tries to shake your hand super hard and you're like, <laughs> you're just being a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That's and my dad, unfortunately. Yeah, Wayne's dad is like <laughs> Nowadays, that. Nowadays, <laughs> different types of handshakes as well and it really throws people off. Sometimes it's quite funny to try and do one just to, just to you know, 
you know, catch someone from an older generation out throwing a fist bump and they have no idea what's happened. They, you know, ran <laughs> yeah, away. They like pay a bit of hair, rock, say, paper, scissors put their hand over it. <laughs> yeah, a bit of an impromptu game. Uh, that would be quite funny. I'll see if that, I'll see if I can do that. <laughs> um, obviously, like, digital is sort of changing the way we network. Is there, is there a way, like, are people bringing, like, mobile phones in? How are people sort of using their mobiles to kind of keep connection? Are people, like, adding people straight away there on LinkedIn or are they taking emails that way or quickly jumping onto twitter like what sort of changes are you seeing it's it really is becoming uh, a major part of networking when you're in that event before the age of digital if you want to call it that if any of us were even around then it was it was always a okay i'll see you next month okay i'll see you next month but now it's about continuing that conversation and uh, up until very recently, or up until the 29th of this month, which is our next Yenna event in Bristol, we've we've been having that conversation. I've been seeing it amongst everybody. The question then is, which network do they then connect on? It's, okay, cool, that's fine, sounds great, let's connect, let's set up a meeting. But rather than setting up that meeting there and then, what they'll usually do is figure out which social network they're going to connect on, or if they're going to email each other and when, and then follow it up from there. Um, some people have come up with solutions to fill that gap and make sure that meeting is set up there and then at the event. Um, uh, the names escape me, but but those are available on on, on the App Store, etc. However, what we've now tried to do at Yenna uh, specifically is to bridge that gap ourselves. So the start of January saw us launch our new website, which has a social networking capability to it. So when people come to our Yenna event, they won't necessarily have to have that conversation now of should we connect on Facebook? No, that's too informal. Should we connect on LinkedIn? No, that's too formal. What do we connect on? It's just going to be a simple conversation of how do I find you? Great, let's connect on the Yenna website because obviously we can set up our profiles there um, and then we can track our conversations through that. That's where, uh, that's where I think we're going to be able to make an advantage this year. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone, obviously, who's gone to one of these events but feels like, okay, I'm totally new to this whole business, this entrepreneurship stuff, and feel like, okay, what, what can I give to somebody? I want that person's sort of help and advice or mentorship, but how do I, what do I have to give? Like, if they, I mean, a lot of that insecurity comes from feeling like, well, why should they speak to me? Like, what, what do I have to give? I'm a, I'm, I'm a waste of time for them. How yeah. does someone get around that? Um, just being... I think that's that shouldn't really come to mind. It, obviously, it does, but once you go to your first event, you realise that's not an issue. What will happen is when you go to an event where people are potentially more knowledgeable than you, um, people a lot of people lose faith in in people, um, and what they don't count on is the fact that they're actually there um, and excited to help other people as well. Um, if, you know, you walk into a room of people that. Potentially much older than you, much more successful than you, um, and what could happen is that they'll all completely ignore the success that they want. But what usually happens, ninety-nine percent of the time, is that they'll be interested to speak to you because you've actually made the effort to go and sit in that room with them. Unlike most other people, um, they'll be intrigued by that, and then they'll potentially turn around and ask how they can help you because of that. Uh, and through things like that, that's where you get your, your mentors, um, they'll be keen to help because they've made success. They can almost see themselves in you, you're, you're, you're a younger version of them um, and they want to help you get into the same position. So don't underestimate the, the power of, of human relationships, 
um, most people are actually out to help you, regardless of what the media says. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, when you've made sort of your great contact, that um, you know, you kind of show some promise. Um, what advice would you give to people in terms of following up? Because quite often, I think there's there's a fear of following up, um, and, and kind of how to handle that. So, what advice would you give? With regard to that. It's a bit like when you sort of meet a girl and you're like, oh, how, how quickly do I text her back or how quickly <laughs> yeah. should I email them? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it's exactly like that. It really is. Uh, you need to you need to be balanced with it. I think it's it's a case of possibly just following up right away. Just say, hey, great to just meet you. Um, it would be it would be good to follow up. Can we book another meeting in? And then just waiting on their response. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's an evening event, like. Yenna was or Yenna is then you know quite often than not you might send that email straight away but they may have just gone home and gone straight to bed you never mm-hmm. know so it's waiting that day or two or three or or week um, for that response and as soon as that response comes in you can then gauge how long they'll usually take to reply because you can then understand how busy they are if they send you an email a day later likelihood is, is that if you reply they'll reply again tomorrow um, just being patient I think um, and just gauging it right. If, if you can see um, via maybe their social media that they're in London for the next couple of days, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to reply. So um, keep abreast of the situation mm-hmm. um, and, and act accordingly. And with regard to any contacts that you make, which may not show as much promise initially, but you're certainly thinking actually in the long term, maybe in a couple of years' time, they could be a very useful contact to have. Mm-hmm. How do you go about keeping that a contact and not someone that you suddenly email going oh right now I need them do you remember when we met back in yeah. 2010 yeah. and <laughs> yeah exactly well I mean it's the same with it's the same with us isn't it really I mean me and you can we, we met what about six to eight months ago somewhere like that mm-hmm. um, in Birmingham and, and now we're, we're on this podcast it's a case of just staying in touch with people and the 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 best way to do that now thankfully because of, it, it is through social media um, as soon as you've met someone, you can then obviously do as much research as you need to using the internet. If you find them on Twitter, you can find them on LinkedIn, um, Google Plus even, whichever network they might be on, and just keep an eye on, on their activity. If they're doing something great at the time or something that you can engage with, maybe you're a web designer and you've just met someone who could be a great client and, and they've just commented on how somebody's website is amazing, uh, eight months after you've met them, you can quite easily pop up and say, hey, yeah, um, I also think it's great. How about we have a chat about yours? Or if they've got a new an, uh, an anniversary of their job role um, or, or starting their business come up on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. just say a quick congratulations, and your name then automatically pops back into their head. The more that happens, the more they'll think about you. Obviously, you can overdo that. So just, again, gauge it right. <laughs> Make sure you're popping up. You don't want to be... Overdue. Happy Friday! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday. That would, that would put me off a little bit. So, um, yeah, every couple of weeks maybe, every couple of months, every year. It depends on how long-term that goal is and how, how the relationship is. You have to, again, gauge it. I think that's a really good point because I think you actually, I think you might have favorited one of my tweets and then it just reminded me of you and I was like, oh yeah, we're doing, we need some people to talk about relationships and networking and that's it, it kind of opened up that conversation. So it can be as simple as just favoring someone's tweet or retweeting it or like you say, having a little comment on one of their posts and it just, yeah, keeps them in your mind. Definitely. I mean, you can use all sorts of guerrilla tactics to try and get in contact (laughs) with people. I've known, I've known people to set up 
multiple, multiple fake Twitter accounts um, okay. to then start talking about an article that that person has written um, and directing every single tweet um, to the person they want to speak to. Um, and obviously, if somebody sat there getting tweet after tweet after tweet with your name in it, then they're probably going to start paying attention and say, hey, why is this person popping up all the time? Um, they're being recommended by about 10, 20 other people. Maybe I need to speak to them. And it's a little bit, yeah. It's a little That's bit either funny. hustling or damn groovy. <laughs> it's one or the other. There's a fine line, but you have to stay on the right side. Otherwise, it just gets awkward. Dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of when you're at an event this yes. one we had a little laugh about yeah okay <laughs> so when you're at an event and you you're obviously there's probably going to be lots of people i've been at two events before where there are literally hundreds of people yeah um like how do you stand out from the crowd a little bit do you do you even try to or do you go wearing you know fancy hats or anything like that so that you know, in a week's time, they may not necessarily remember your name, but they might be like, oh yeah, the guy in the Viking helmet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it does sound like a funny thing to say, and it does sound like a conversation that could end up in all sorts of directions, but outside <laughs> of outside of Vienna, um, I act as a, as a branding consultant, and, mm-hmm. and we've just launched a, a personal branding arm of, of, of the consultancy um, for that very reason. Um, People have personalities. Uh, sometimes people forget that in business, but everybody in your organization, um, including the CEO, has a, has a personality and a very clear one if you have a long enough conversation with them. Um, so being yourself is very important. There are networking events, again, quite old hat networking events, where people will turn up with possibly even the same suit on, and you won't be able to tell the difference between anybody. Some of the most successful people you'll see will have very clear personality traits and things physically about them that actually uh, show them off to, to other people and remind other people of them. Um, there's a few examples of that. You've got uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He's famously known for wearing a hoodie, the same hoodie, everywhere he goes. He's the richest billionaire, or the youngest billionaire, sorry, uh, in the world. Um, yeah, he still wears the same hoodie. Is it because he can't afford any other clothes? No, it's probably because it's a personality trait of his um, and people remember him for it. Mm-hmm. Richard Branson, he's got his facial hair that's quite famous now and, and I don't see him having a shave anytime soon. And there's a reason for that is because people also remember him for that. There's, there's lots of different physical things that, that you can do to make yourself stand out. Personally, I like to wear a certain style of, of clothing, not too smart. I don't like to wear you know, a three-piece suit everywhere I go, um, but I don't turn up to networking events in a T-shirt um, and jeans because I feel like that's too laid back. Um, there, there are people um, that will, will turn up to networking events in T-shirts and jeans to make the point of who they are. You can go too far and it can turn into a gimmick um, and, and a really big cliche and I would ask everybody not to go that far. Um, I go there looking like Zach Gilavanakis, whatever his name is. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're in the age of the beard now. Everybody's got, everybody's got a beard. I think I'm the only one without one, so that does help, definitely. Um, so, yeah, just, just coming up with something that's about, strong about you that people may comment on every now and again and think, okay, how can I, how can I improve that? Um, you know, one of the biggest examples is our mayor in Bristol. You guys may not 
may not know of him, but um, our mayor, George Ferguson, I can almost guarantee if you go Google his name, he's probably wearing a pair of red trousers in every single photo. Um, because I think, that's he, I think he just became Wayne's idol because Wayne loves <laughs> red trousers. I, I, have, really? I have a pair of red trousers. There I'd like a red, red suit one day. <laughs> well, trousers. hopefully you can live up to being Santa Claus. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in the age of the beard, right? Exactly, there you go, beards and red suits. Then, uh, Can we do comedy as well as knowledge? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, another thing I wanted to ask is, obviously, when you go to these events, like you, we looked on your website, you obviously have a lot of talkers, who, speakers who come there and do talks. Um, mm. Obviously, a lot of people that go to these events usually think, actually, like the holy grail of an event is to get the talkers' contact details. Yeah. And sometimes it is. Sometimes that person is that the person that everybody wants to talk to. Yeah. Is there a way of doing it without being like really cheesy and kind of like, I don't know, putting them too much on a pedestal that you're too afraid to go over or what, like even do they have time for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a, that's a, a great question um, and really relevant. In, in November, uh, the last event of the year, we had uh, Cole Needham, the, the founder of IMDB, the, the online movie database, um, to uh, talk about how he set up the company and how he sold it to Amazon and I mean he's been dubbed by people as, as the, the biggest Brit in Hollywood um, which is probably true um, you know the website gets about 150 million hits a month I think something silly like that um, and so there were understandably a lot of people there and a lot of people that wanted to talk to him specifically um, there was one guy who who sort of mentioned about how the presentation that he made, uh, or the video that, that played before he started his talk, was a little bit amateurish um, for somebody that owns, you know, one of the biggest film-related companies in the world, um, and that was almost offensive. He didn't play it right, but I think it was through sheer nerves of talking to him that he he made that flippant comment um, when all he actually really wanted to do was to do a bit of film work for IMDb. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think all you really need to do is just be be honest and upfront. Uh, these people are usually people that have less time than everybody else in the room. They're usually much busier. Um, they usually meet a lot of people. So if you can speak to them, deliver what you can, what you do, um, what you'd like from them and how you'd like to you know, make that happen, um, in a very short sentence, then I think they appreciate that efficiency and it's good to, uh, and, and they'll be happy to carry the conversation on. Um, you know, we've opened up conversations with IMDB now about, uh, and Amazon about potentially coming on board as a, as a sponsor maybe for Yenna. And, and that conversation's not dead because I asked about it at the event. He said, yeah, great, let me put you in touch with my PA. It was literally that short answer. I followed up with the PA the next day and that conversation is still continuing because of gauging that relationship properly. So um, yeah, be efficient, make yourself known. You have to speak to them at some point. Um, don't try and schmooze them. Don't be the person that laughs at every single one of their jokes because everybody does that. Um, don't be everybody. That's probably the best rule. Yeah, we had a point there. Don't come across as a dick, basically. Yeah, simple <laughs> as that. You put it better than I have. Um, but yeah, don't, yeah, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Cool. Well, we're going to probably start wrapping things up. But we're just wondering, like, are there sort of like five sort of killer tips that you'd give people who are maybe starting out networking or have kind of never been to an event? Like, what would you say? Like, what, what have you been? You've got a lot of experience on this. Like, can you wrap up or condense 
your best knowledge into maybe um, five or three steps? Okay, cool. So let's think about this. Uh, number one is be yourself. Um, such an easy thing to say, but a difficult thing to do. Um, to do that, you have to know yourself first. So know, really, really know and be free with what your, uh, what your passions are, what your, what your uh, goal is, what your aim is. If somebody asks you what your big goal is, you don't want to have to hesitate. So make sure you know the answers to questions about yourself. It seems silly, um, but a lot of people hesitate and a lot of people... Uh, you know, ramble about themselves. I do it all the time, and I need to stop. But um, <laughs> making sure that's that's something that you do. Um, second one is be really sure about your appearance. Um, if you feel that there's something that you should do or something that you're known for, then focus on that um, and potentially make it a real trait of yours that people remember you for. Um, just uh, just don't be don't be scared. Um, being anxious about speaking to people is a ridiculously silly thing, um, but it, it, it curses a lot of us, most of us even. Um, so just understanding and keeping in mind at all times that it's really what is the worst that can happen. It's not going to kill you. Um, it's not going to hurt you in any way. Uh, the worst that could happen is you might trip up on your words and embarrass yourself. You're still in the room, um, and so is that person, so you can quite easily bring it back. Um, those are those are probably my three tips. If, if I was to give any more, then you have to go. Um, you can't think about going to these things uh, and and hope that you might meet someone at some point. Make sure that you're networking and speaking to people and following up with them. Um, and then I suppose my final tip would be that you need to focus on the quality, not the quantity. Um, and that goes for both speaking to people. Um, and the events that you go to. You could quite easily, once you've found these event directories, um, go to a networking event twice a day, every single day, all week, but that doesn't leave much time for work. Um, so making sure that you go to the right ones, the ones that are relevant to you, um, or completely irrelevant, depending on your goals, uh, um, is, is important and something that you should take the time to, to focus on. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, the show is called Powerful Nonsense, and we've got two questions that we ask yes. every single guest that we interview, uh, so we're going to ask you as well. Uh, the two questions are, what's the most powerful advice you've ever been given? And question two, what's the biggest load of nonsense you ever heard? Um, okay, so most powerful bit of advice I've ever received is uh, definitely uh, just shut up and, and do it. Um, a lot of people talk about things, um, about doing things, and I used to be a, a big, uh, a big one for that. I used to say a lot about it. Yes, this was when I was about sixteen or seventeen about all the things I was going to do, but I never actually did anything about it um, until my nan uh, did say to me one day, "You talk about this all the time, but you've not actually done anything about it," and <laughs> and that actually really stuck with me. Um, Getting burned by your nan—that's like the worst, isn't it? I know, she destroyed me, killed me, shots fired, um, but <laughs> I couldn't do anything about it, um, so uh, I, I couldn't come back to her, so I just said, you know what, you're right, let me get involved, and since then, I think I've probably owned about four or five companies, closed two or three down, and yeah, it's been a, a bit of a journey, but yeah, just getting involved uh, and, and, and diving in feet first, uh, sometimes you've got to run before you can walk. Uh, and that's uh, a quote from Tony Stark and Iron Man there, <laughs> um, which is possibly a, a, a contender for the biggest load of nonsense. However, um, 
the biggest load of nonsense I think that I've ever received. That's difficult because you do hear a lot. <laughs> Most of it comes out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> but um, there's something uh, to be said for people that say that you need to uh, raise funding or borrow money um, to start a company. Um, anything I've ever done entrepreneurially um, has been without any funding. I've always started a business uh, based on the most streamlined business plan I can, the most bootstrap business plan I can, um, to use a buzzword. Um, and and you, can, you can build a business on knowledge, uh, simply knowledge, which costs nothing. Um, university is now, what, £9,000 a year? Um, I walked into my lecture hall whilst I was at uni for the eight months of the year that I went um, and never used my security pass once. I could have gone into lectures for free. I didn't need to pay £3,000 a year. All the knowledge is on YouTube. Everything that you need is is available to you um, at very little or no cost. So if you've got a dream, just stop talking, do it, um, and it won't cost you that much either. And just start walking to university. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. I'm not saying to break any security laws, but um, yeah, you can you can pretty much find all the info you need, um, and just be just use a bit of initiative, and, and you'll get there. Um, one last thing. Obviously, you have started up a few companies. Like, what mm. sort of um, advice would you give to young people out there? And I know we spoke when we met the first time, and you had some sort of great stuff to say about like why now is the perfect opportunity for entrepreneurs. Maybe if you just give some advice for someone who's actually listening on why they should maybe consider to maybe be an entrepreneur or starting their own business and maybe a little bit of advice just from your own learnings. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's, you know, we're, we're coming out of a recession now, arguably. A lot of people are in a position where um, there may not be a lot of money. They're looking for better deals. They're looking for, for better services from people. Um, that's prime, prime opportunity to set up a, a, a company. Um, we're still arguably in a tech boom, um, so if you've got a tech company that you you feel you want to launch, then, then just go for it. There's never a better time than now, um, unless you subscribe to a different belief. You've got you've got one life. Why would you sit around waiting for something, thinking about it happening? Uh, you should just dive in. There's there's I know I said about raising money um, not being a necessity, but if, if that's what you require or if that's what you want to do, there is a lot of money out there at the moment. The government are giving a lot of support for starting a business. Um, there are a lot of companies and organizations that will help you. There's a great networking association that you can go to called Yenna um, that, <laughs> that will help you connect with the right people. Um, and in an age of social media where you can connect with your potential customers very, very easily for free, um, I don't think there's ever been a better time to start a business um, than now. Great. Cool. And so how would, um, so yeah, obviously people would love to come to Yenna now after listening, I hope. Hopefully. <laughs> um, so how could people get in touch? Like, How do they get in touch with you and how do they find an event to come to? Well, I, uh, as part of the business I run is uh, social media um, based. I'm on pretty much every platform possible. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter, the Ash Phillips, um, if you want to find me. Um, Yenna, if you do want to come, um, we'd be more than happy to have anybody there. It's completely free. Um, it's committed to always being free. Jump on the website, yenna.co.uk, set yourself up a profile, start connecting with the other people on there, register for an event. Um, and if you feel there's not one in your area, um, we're looking for people to launch new events all the time. They take 
very little effort um, and give really big reward um, both for your CV and your business personally. Um, so uh, yeah, get in touch through there um, and we can we can talk. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today, Ash. And, and you're now on Skype after after me putting <laughs> you on there. Thank you. Well, I'm going to try and urge you to get on Google Hangouts if you're not already. So uh, yeah. I'm on yeah. there. Just don't use it too much. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Nice. All right, Wicked. Well, have a great day, and yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Yes. No worries. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Thank you very much, Ash. Bye. Cheers. Bye. So that was the one, the only, Ash Phillips. What a nice guy. What a nice. Nice guy. Some serious knowledge bombs dropped as well, I think. Yeah. Especially nan accountability. Nan accountability. I think I think that's what everybody needs. Go go find your nan. Go speak to her. Say, Nan, I want to write a book and then just get her to rip you down and say, <laughs> Bloody start it. Bloody get on with it, San. That's what my nan would say. <laughs> She'd say, Have a biscuit and fucking get to work. <laughs> I love that about Ash's Nan. Actually, we're going to send... Maybe we should send people over to Ash's Nan because she just like... That's it. Ash's Nan. We should have her as a guest on the We're going to get her as a guest. She's going to tell you how to get shit done. <laughs> Let's talk. More do. Exactly. So she's got that old sort of... Um, is it post-war sort of... Or, or war during the war kind we're of... making some very bold assumptions about the age Well, he's of... 20 more. He's 25. She's a Nan. Yeah. My Nan's a Nan at... 20 and I'm 26. Well, so. I'm tw- well, I'm 25. My uh, my mum is... Anyway, different... she's probably in that era. Okay. So that's why they She could just be a very that. young nan. She could be very offended. Okay. Sorry, nan. Post- I don't want to mess with his nan either. No, I don't. <laughs> Rip me to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough about Ashley's nan and the interview <laughs> was a great interview. And I think there's loads of knowledge there, loads of places you can go to sort of start networking with people, online, mm. offline, what to wear, what not to wear, how to shake someone's hand, how not to shake someone's hand. Yes. All that kind of jazz. All of that stuff. All of that stuff. So I hope you found that useful. And if and as I say, Ash is super friendly, so if you want to go to one of these events, like reach out to him. Obviously on the blog we're going to have how to get in contact with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yes, very good interview. We hope you liked it. If you did like it, leave us a review on iTunes. That'd be lovely. We, we love reviews. Love that. And we read all of them. We do. Every single one. Mm-hmm. Because we're narcissistic like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you can now reach out to us on Facebook. So we have a Facebook page that we yes, just started. We've got, we are seriously killing it with the likes at the moment. I cannot believe it. I think we have 20. <laughs> I think last night I checked 24. Oh, crap. We've I did up. a bit of a plug last you're, you're trying to say that we've gone up 25% overnight. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Great. So you can you can <laughs> like the page, Palva Nonsense. No, facebook.com slash Palva Nonsense. And we also have a dedicated Twitter feed now. Yeah, we're getting serious now. I know. Things are getting serious. It's, it's, we've been doing this for a year. We've got to step it up a notch, so what, we are. What is What is the Twitter handle? The Twitter handle is... At, obviously. At. P-N for November, underscore, podcast. So and we had to, we P-N were, underscore We were podcast. seriously struggling with finding names because Powerful Nonsense is too long. We didn't have Powerful Nonsense. No, <laughs> and was there was just stuff we couldn't have, so we had to go with P-N underscore, podcast. It'll, it'll do for now. It'll do for now. Until somebody, you know, 
releases one of the better ones that we yeah. couldn't have. Exactly. And there's also my Instagram account, which is kind of, I'm sort of in control of it. Wayne doesn't it's really add about, anything. It's all about Jim here. Yeah. His Instagram account. Yeah. You can see what I'm eating on a daily basis, all my kind of little health hacks, yes, quotes, that guy. all that sort of jazz. Yeah, I am that guy. And it's powerful underscore nonsense. So follow me over on Instagram. Yes. Cool. So join the community over there. Leave us an iTunes review and we will love you forever. We never ask much from our audience. That's we never the nice thing much. about us. We never ask much. You don't have to do all of those. One or two would be nice. Exactly. Or, or just one. Cool. All right. Well, have a good week, day, night, wherever you're up to. And um, see you soon. Bye.